You're listening to Consider This, episode 267, for September 23rd, 2019. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever, wherever, and whoever you are, order in the court. It's time to hear testimony from an award-winning podcast. The Consider This podcast is called to the stand, or more specifically, me, Doug Payton, here to give you my thoughts, my whole thoughts, and nothing but my thoughts, in 10 minutes or less. Or maybe not. For more details about what I'll be talking about today, point that web browser of yours at considerthis.ctpodcasting.com. There are so many links in the show notes because today's topic really needs them. You can also find out how to get in touch with me there. That's CT as in corroborating testimony. The latest effort to smear Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh is on the docket this episode. Wow. The left just wants to re-litigate this uh, with, as you'll see, nothing but unproven allegations. So I guess they don't want to relitigate as much as they want to simply declare him guilty. Again. Well, before I get too much into this, we need some transition music, and then off we'll go. This is going to take a little more than ten minutes. It's not often that we get the smearing of a judge a huge blunder by the New York Times, and Democratic presidential candidates really stepping in it, all in just one story. But man, oh man, have we got it here. Let's start from the very beginning, a very good place to start. Two New York Times reporters, Robin Pogrebin and Kate Kelly, spent ten months researching a book on Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. They summarized the book in an article in the Times on September 14th, and in it, they make what appears to be an additional sexual assault allegation against Kavanaugh from a new accuser, Harmon Joyce, which sounds similar to what a previous accuser, Deborah Ramirez, said she experienced. The article goes through Ramirez's story and states that this new accusation echoes her allegation. The suggestion is that there is now a pattern and that the whole Kavanaugh investigation needs to be reopened. It's not hard to see the assumptions here. The authors start out by saying they found Christine Blasey Ford's accusations credible, and it seems like they started from that point. I found them credible-sounding, but without any other evidence, and especially with others that were supposedly there, and some allegedly in the room, saying it didn't happen or they don't remember it, uh, that's that's nearly self-refuting, or at least casts severe suspicion on the story. Pogrebin and Kelly, in the article, use that account as a foundation to concentrate on the story of Deborah Ramirez. I'm not going to detail the allegation, I try to keep a PG rating, so you'll have to read the article linked to in the show notes. But here's the thing, everything in the article that is used to prove the allegation is hearsay. None of the people cited in the article about the Ramirez incident were there. And I will also note that this is all old news, because the original article about Ramirez in The New Yorker already made this known back during the Kavanaugh confirmation. Now, I will note that the FBI, when doing its own investigation during the confirmation, did so under rules that were set for them by the Senate Republicans. I will admit that this does not look good. It made the investigation look very partisan. 
The article also notes that the FBI did not interview a list of witnesses given to them by the attorneys for Ramirez. I don't know why they didn't interview any of them. Maybe it was because Ramirez herself kept waffling as to whether it was actually Kavanaugh who assaulted her, as reported in The New Yorker. And maybe that one-week deadline was gracious given that the Democrats waited for six weeks before even bringing up any of these allegations. Let's not forget that the FBI conducted a month-long investigation into Kavanaugh after the urgency of a confirmation hearing was over, and they still found nothing. In the article, the lack of Ramirez's interviewees is only cited for the investigation during the hearing. One would suspect that the authors did interview those possible witnesses, and yet we find nothing new in this article summarizing their book. Call the mid-hearing investigation partisan, but nothing new has been brought to the table regarding the allegations of Ramirez after a year, including a larger FBI investigation and these authors taking a crack at it. Nothing new at all. Having rehashed all that, the authors appear to be making a case for a pattern of behavior regarding this new allegation. What is this fresh new allegation? A classmate, Max Steyer, says he saw an incident where a similar assault happened. Again, sparing the details of the assault, Mr. Steyer notified senators and the FBI about this, but the FBI did not investigate, and Mr. Steyer has declined to discuss it publicly. So then, it looks like we have actual corroboration, but the FBI didn't follow it up? What sort of dereliction of duty is this? Well, for there to be corroborating evidence, there must be something first. The original evidence. Our authors avoided that completely. The only thing they corroborated was the fact that he talked to the FBI. What they didn't have was the original evidence. That's right, it wasn't there in the article. Well, not at first. It wasn't until later, when they got called on it, that they added this rather remarkable correction from the Times. Editor's Note, September 15, 2019 An earlier version of this article, which was adapted from a forthcoming book, did not include one element of the book's account regarding an assertion by a Yale classmate that friends of Brett Kavanaugh, redacted for a PG rating, at a drunken dorm party. The book reports that the female student declined to be interviewed, and friends say that she does not recall the incident. That information has been added to the article. Oh, that original evidence! <laughs> and the fact that this Mr. Steyer happened to be a lawyer that defended both Bill and Hillary Clinton was completely missing from the article. Kavanaugh served on the Whitewater investigation where Steyer was defending Bill. The authors smacked Senate Republicans for partisanship, but called Max Steyer just a guy who, quote, runs a nonprofit organization in Washington, close quote. Yeah, that's all he is. <laughs> Way to bury the inconvenient truths. So the phrase, believe all women, has been rewritten to say, believe all women, or at least the male Democratic partisan, even when the woman denies it. And following this article, those paragons of nonpartisanship 
those people who considered the facts before coming to a conclusion, I refer, of course, to the Democratic presidential candidates, rushed right out to tell the country to wait until all the information was out before coming to a conclusion. (laughs) Who am I kidding? Certainly not you. They came out swinging to get Kavanaugh to resign or get him impeached. This particular line from Beta O'Rourke was particularly egregious. The American people deserved better. And given the fact that it appears as though Brett Kavanaugh lied under oath, which is a crime, uh, I think that he has disqualified himself for service on the Supreme Court. What's and, the remedy and for that? He should step down or he should be impeached. Why should Kavanaugh be removed from the court? Because of the fact that it appears that he lied under oath. Sorry, no. First of all, appearing to lie under oath is not a crime. Second, where is the evidence that he lied under oath? Apparently, Democrats are using the same standard for Kavanaugh now as they used a year ago at his confirmation hearing. Allegations equal guilt. Well, if you're a Republican. The other candidates were also competing in this event of Olympic conclusion jumping. But if they'd just waited 24 hours, more facts would have come to light, and they wouldn't have looked so foolish. Well, as I said, this show has gone a little long, very much like the episode about the confirmation hearings themselves. So I may have to come up with the Kavanaugh rule. Whenever I talk about him, the time limit automatically goes out the window. It's just assumed now. (laughs) Can you tell that this bugs me to no end? There is so much more to the story, and I'm going to be collecting a bunch of links in the show notes. One other facet is that the authors of the book and the article said that the article originally had the line about the new accuser not remembering this ever happening, but that the editors at the Times cut it out. Oops. It just always seems that these sort of mistakes always lean in one direction, making Republicans and conservatives look worse than the facts actually show. There are more things like that in the links. Go there now, but take your blood pressure meds first. And once you've come back, let me know what you think. Write to consider this at ctpodcasting.com. Call 267-CALL-CT0-267-225-5280. Or just check the website, considerthis.ctpodcasting.com, to find all the ways and more to get in touch with me. Does this get you upset? Man, it does that to me. You gotta remember that you should get all the facts before you consider this. (laughs) 